in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. At 106 on this uh, sunny Thursday, folks, good afternoon. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, which is dipetro.com. It's Thursday. It is December 1st. And this portion of the program is brought to you by the Lodge Puppet Eatery. Tonight, Patriots, Bills, Thursday night football. You can watch all of the action at the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. And you could pop in right now if you wanted to have a... Uh, a nice lunch for crying out loud. All right, I want to get to some of the sound of the day. Now, obviously, listen, it's a big day. Cannabis is now recreational marijuana, as they call it, is now sold, being sold in Rhode Island. If you're listening right now in Massachusetts, you're saying ho-hum, not a big deal. But it is, uh, without question, it's a it's a big deal here. I want to first play, I thought this was nice last night when they showed the uh, Prince William and Princess Kate at the Celtics game. I thought that was a a nice moment. And I cannot believe that Meghan Markle is releasing this stuff from Netflix. Let me hear, this is the Good Morning America piece on the royal business. Princess of Wales receiving a royal welcome in Boston. Couple attending a Boston Celtics game Wednesday night, sitting courtside. Hours before at City Hall, they met with the mayor and Caroline Kennedy as it was President John F. Kennedy's moonshot that inspired Prince William's Earthshot Prize, the reason he and his wife are in town. Like President Kennedy, Catherine and I firmly believe that we all have it in ourselves to achieve great things and that human beings have the ability to lead, innovate, and problem solved. But overshadowing the trip, controversy back at Buckingham Palace. Uh. The prince's godmother, Lady Susan Hussey, resigning amid accusations of racism. Ngozi Filani, the founder of a women's nonprofit and a black woman born in the UK, says Tuesday at the palace, Hussey repeatedly asked where she was really from, implying she wasn't really British. A spokesperson for Prince William condemning those comments, saying racism has no place in our society. I don't think it will overshadow the whole trip. I think at the very initial outstages, it will, of course, cause a problem for the trip because you know you got their own spokesman making comments about racism, um, <laughs> comments made by his well, own they just can't so catch a break. Great. Wow. And tomorrow, President Biden will also be in town here in Boston, and he does intend to meet with the prince and princess. I think. I I think Gina Raimondo, Commerce Secretary Raimondo, is, I believe, that they, she is also in town tomorrow. I think she's in town tomorrow. All right. I want to play just a little bit of the interview that Stephanopoulos did with this crypto guy. Just, just a little bit. He did sit down. George Stephanopoulos couldn't believe how much this guy agreed to answer all questions on it. This was the former FTX CEO. You just see the initials, SBF, Sam Bankman-Fried. People lost a lot of money. You just hear this. I mean, at the end of the day, look, there's a question of what happened and why and who did what, um, what caused the, the meltdown. And I think that is reads very differently, right? When you, when you look at the classic Bernie Madoff story, there was no real business there. The whole thing, as I understand it, I think, was was just one one big Ponzi scheme, right? FTX, that was a real business. He was at the top of the cryptocurrency world. Three-year-old billionaire Sam Bankman-Fried. You just need FTX. It's FTX. It's a safe and easy way to get into crypto. Yeah, I don't think so. Super Bowl ads, yep. naming yep. stadiums, Steph Curry, Giselle Bunchen. We did a lot of things to try to uh, to try and bolster our reputation, to try and you know help our brand. But in the early morning hours of November 11th, it all came to an end 
when FTX filed for bankruptcy and Bankman Free stepped down as CEO amid reports of FTX customer funds being used to pay Alameda Research creditors. This confirmed by former Alameda CEO Carolyn Ellison during an early November video meeting with employees. Alameda, the crypto trading firm also founded by Bankman Freed. ABC News reached out to Carolyn Ellison for comment, but has not heard back. One of the reasons FTX went bankrupt is because FTX deposits yep. were used to pay Alameda's creditors. Carolyn Ellison said you knew about that. Is that true? You know, best I can tell, uh, Alameda did have a big position open uh, on FTX. Um, that position, uh, I think, was, you know, very over collateralized uh, a year ago. There is a, a total market collapse and, you know, specifically large correlated collapse in its assets, you know, over the last month and to some extent over the last year that I, uh, you know, threatened that position quite a bit. And I think that's, you know, as best I understand, a lot of what happened then. I, I am no cryptocurrency expert. I'm no finance expert. Yep. But I don't think you answered my question. I was asking, yep. did you know that FTX deposits were used to pay off Alameda creditors? I don't know of FTX deposits being used to pay off Alameda creditors. Are you, uh, which creditors are you referring to? Carolyn Ellison said that you all knew that these funds were used, were put into Alameda. They were the funds owned by your depositors. So I can't speak for who knew what. You know, a lot of the customers on FTX did have, you know, borrowers either, you know, in dollars or Bitcoin or, or euros. But as you know, the FTX terms of service yep. tell the people who signed up, none of the digital assets in your account are the property of or shall be or may be loaned to FTX trading. But you're saying that happened. My understanding is a few things happened. The first is there is a margin trading facility on FTX, by which users can lend out funds, by which other users borrow funds. And so there are explicit cases where there is, you know, margin extended, where there is borrow lending. If yep. Alameda is borrowing the money that belongs yep. to FTX depositors, that's a bright red line, isn't it? There are a lot of cases where that's actually explicitly part of the program's and that are but happening not, not here. Here, here it says that the digital assets may not be loaned to FTX trading. They can't be loaned out. I. There existed a borrow lending facility on FTX. And, and I think that's probably covered, I, I don't remember exactly where, but somewhere else in the terms of service. But they'd have to approve of that. They're saying they didn't approve of it here. They're saying you approved of it. If you rewind to you know the beginning of FTX, um, where you know some customers were, you know, uh, I think in line with sort of existing relationships that that they've had at least in some cases, wiring money straight to Alameda Research in order to trade on FTX. So you do know, and you do all right, know. folks. I I want to just jump in. It's it's pretty inside. Um, they were hyping that pretty strong. It um, I I, I again. I, I don't know what to make of that. I don't know where that's going to lead. Um, there they are living offshore. I, I want to go back local, but that there was a big <clears throat> hyped uh, interview that Stephanopoulos landed flying out there. You can hear that legal person whispering, <laughs> whispering in the background. I, I can't believe this... Um, I, I can't believe this. Harry and Meghan, they are so selfish with this stupid Netflix thing. Is there sound on this? Get personal and first teaser. So rotten to do as his as his brother is touring Boston. All right, let me get back to um, closer to home. Folks, again, good afternoon at one fifteen. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. All right, I'll play on on the Alex Jones Show on InfoWars, which is still up. Kanye West is sitting on the set with Alex Jones and Nick Fuentes. And he's wearing a black ski mask. And he starts talking about Hitler. There's nothing obscene here. 
All the language is clean. I listened to it. This is what it sounded like. You're not a Nazi. You don't deserve to be called that and demonized. Well, just play for the beginning. I, that's right. You're not Hitler. You're not a Nazi. You don't deserve to be called that and demonized. Well, I, I see, I, I see good things about Hitler also. The Jew, I love everyone and Jewish people are not going to tell me you can love, um, you know, us. And you can love what we're doing to you with the contracts. And you can love what we're, you know, what we're pushing with the pornography. But this guy that invented highways, invented the very microphone that I use as a musician, you can't say out loud that this person ever did anything good. And I'm done with that. I'm done with the classifications. Every human being has something of value that they brought to the table, especially Hitler. That's right. You're not Hitler. You're not a Nazi. He is. Now, this is obviously um, a problem, as I mentioned, folks, for President Trump. Because every time this business of they did have good things, a, a normal individual, a normal intelligent individual would highlight the fact that it was basically put to the background on what else was done. I mean, this can't, it, it's not a matter of other than that, how is the theater, Mrs. Lincoln? But he he keeps getting a platform. The more that he keeps being giving a platform, he's going to continue to say these outrageous things. Now, something else happened today, and that is that Congressman Cicilline, Congressman Cicilline withdrew his bid to try to move up into leadership. He seemingly was just doing it to make a, make a point, that last-minute bid against that James Clyburn. I think that there is um, audio on that. So it caught... The Democrat Party a little off guard. Congressman Cicilline said it to um, he he did it to in essence say that it was so important for the LGBT community to have someone in leadership. That's what he's saying now. I did see earlier a report that he was maybe going to withdraw. I think Ted Nisi of WPRI, I think he does have some audio on this. 24 hours after kicking off a surprise run for the position, Congressman Cicilline announced he will not seek the number four job in the House, avoiding a direct challenge to South Carolina Congressman Jim Clyburn. All right, let me just hear this piece by uh, Ted Nisi. News Now on WPRI.com. I'm Ted Nisi. Well, just 24 hours after announcing he was running for the job, Congressman David Cicilline has abandoned plans to challenge South Carolina Congressman Jim Clyburn for the number four job in House Democratic leadership on Capitol Hill. Cicilline had surprised observers on Capitol Hill just yesterday when he said he would run for the job. Clyburn, who is 82, had been the number three House Democrat, but said he would step aside along with Nancy Pelosi. However, he said he wanted to stay leadership and would seek the number four job instead. Well, nobody had challenged him until Cicilline stepped forward yesterday saying it was time for a new generation to take all these jobs and pointing out that there were no senior LGBTQ Democrats in the leadership that was being planned. He, of course, would uh, add someone to that position. But this morning at a caucus meeting, Cicilline reportedly gave a speech to his colleagues explaining why he chose to run, again emphasizing the need for House Democratic leadership to include LGBTQ representatives. But stepping aside and letting Clyburn take over. So now this raises the question of what Cicilline's future holds on Capitol Hill. He's been there for 12 years now. He has seen his profile rise. He was an impeachment manager for President Trump. He also is a senior member of the House Judiciary Committee. But he is out of leadership for the moment. And it's not clear whether he will have a position in leadership there. We'll have to focus more on his committee work. We'll be tracking all the developments on Capitol Hill. For WPRI.com, I'm Ted Nisi, 12 News. So that is interesting, folks, that Cicilline is now it was just a, a you know I don't know what that was for show but he is not in leadership the way he was 
um, under Pelosi. And as a matter of fact, now think of that. If he's not in leadership, uh, where does that put Seth Magaziner, who because of mail ballots was able to defeat Mayor Fung, even though former Cranston Mayor Alan Fung won day of voting. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show, and it's brought to you by Falcon Pest Service. Hey, 12 months a year, you could have pests. Call them today, 401-739-1322. Residential services, commercial services, Falcon Pest Services, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Locally owned and operated, whether it's pest control service for termites, bed bugs, ants, roaches, mice, rats, mosquitoes. They have different types of programs. Maybe it's just they need to come out once. Maybe they need to come out once a month. Maybe they need to come out every, you know, whatever it may be, whatever your needs are. One-time treatment, monthly service, quarterly service, year-round. They offer pest control services for multifamily housing, condos, apartments, single-family homes, extermination services for restaurants, office buildings, schools, hotels, and other commercial businesses. Falcon Pest Services. Call them today. Free consultation, 401-739-1322. 401-739-1322. Remember, if you ignore a pest, the problem's not going to go away. It's only going to get worse. Falcon Pest Services, 401-739-1322. And remember, online, you can find them at falconpestservice.com. Right now, it's 122. The big news of the day is that cannabis is now recreational marijuana. It started early this morning. Certain locations are open. There's one in Central Falls. There's one in Pawtucket. There's a location in Providence. There's one in Warwick. And then there's some in the East Bay. But without question, Rhode Island begins sale of recreational marijuana. I don't know how, you know, it's not the way it was in Massachusetts. If you remember when, when Massachusetts first opened, I mean, there was traffic jams. There were major problems with people trying to get it. I think because... Number one, Massachusetts has it. And then number two, so many people from Rhode Island started going to Massachusetts that you don't have, you know, there was. So I stopped by. You could check it out on Facebook. I went by uh, um, two of the locations, Providence and Pawtucket, and they were crowded, not not lying out the door by any means, but um, but definitely crowded that's for sure boston globe has some interesting stories as i'm looking at catching up with johnny damon who will return to boston to be honored at the tradition he reflected on his idiot days with the red sox his decision to sign with the yankees and his life after baseball he looks like he's in a very beautiful comfortable home in florida former red sox outfielder johnny damon he still has the beard and the long hair Showed off his wiffle ball form at his home in Florida, where his pool includes a hot tub and swim-up bar. Um, boom. Let's see. He's 49 years old, Johnny Damon. Played 18 seasons. Red Sox Nation has a love-hate relationship with him. Charismatic, leadoff hitter. Ended the 86-year-old drought by winning the World Series. But then in December 2005, he bolted to the Yankees for more money. He's returning to Boston to receive the Baseball Legacy Award at the Tradition, the Sports Museum's annual gala December 7th at TD Garden. The event also honors Bill Rogers, Lawyer, uh, Lawyer Malloy, Shante Buns, Jillian Dempsey, ML Carr, and Mark Retchie, and helps raise money for the Sports Museum anti-bullying program. So Johnny Damon seems very comfortable with his long-haired son. Six-year-old Dash. Oh, there's his boat. Took a beat, a bit of a beating. Boy, Johnny Damon's hair is still long. Looks like he's still in good condition. 
49 years old. Now, the other story that I noticed in the Boston Globe, how about the world's greatest men's marathon will run the Boston Marathon for the first time in 2023? But I noticed that the um, Prince William and Kate plan to leave the Celtics games same girl, take two, Prince William and Kate planned to leave the Celtics game early, but they were just having too much fun to call it a night. They got a big applause. I mean, it just seemed nice. The Prince and Prince of Wales were scheduled to leave the Celtics game against the Heat at halftime after a transatlantic flight and other appearances around Boston. All while dealing with the remnants of five-hour time difference, it made sense. But as the slam dunks piled up and the music played and the crowd rumbled, <laughs> William and Kate were having too much fun to call a night. So they returned for the second half and watched Jason Tatum pour in 49 points as the Celtics romped 134 to 121. They were going on 22 hours being up, Celtics owner Wick Rousbeck said, and they didn't want to stop. It was the first NBA game the Prince and the Princess have attended since watching LeBron James and the Cavaliers face the Nets in 2014. And some parts left them perplexed. They didn't understand why both teams insisted on shooting from so far away. <laughs> then he explained to them the three-point line. Celtics co-owner Steve Paluca and William were fast, said William was fascinated by guard Marcus Smart's green-tinted hair. After asking about it, he rubbed his own head and said maybe he would try it himself. There's a nice photo of them uh, courtside, and Marcus Smart is right in front of them. They were very personable. It was kept under wraps by Kensington Palace. William and Kate walked to their seats, positioned between the two team benches about a half hour before tip-off, and there was little, there was little reaction in the half-full arena. Michelle Wu was there, Attorney General, Governor-elect Maura Healy, the two Celtic owners. The lights were turned out prior to the national anthem. Jason Tatum walked over and shook hands with the prince and princess. Then the game began. Tatum threw down a powerful one-handed dunk. Moments later, he was fouled, hit a deep three-pointer directly in front of the prince and princess. They were really marveling at what Jason was doing out there. They were introduced to the crowd during a timeout early in the second quarter. They received a generally warm reception, but some boos were sprinkled in. Who would boo them? What is wrong with some people? When the couple was shown again on the arena's board a few minutes later, the reaction was similar. It was followed by some scattered USA chants. Ugh. A couple got a good laugh at the gentle heckling. Fans had no real advance warning. Um chanting USA as this shown on the Jumbotron. Ugh. Hey, this nice picture of them sitting right behind Coach Missoula, who's doing a fantastic job, by the way. Generals were less impressed. The Celtics. Jalen Brown said it was just a regular game to him. Coach Joe Missoula said the only royal family he knows is of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Ah. <laughs> uh. No wonder some of the crowd was chanting USA. Can't you just be gracious? Um, it's marijuana day in Rhode Island. It just is. And, and by the way, I, Providence offers reparations to address racism. White people can apply. It, it, it's beyond preposterous. What, what, what is the point of this? $10 million budget. $10 million budget. How is the program going to help? It's race neutral. White people also were affected by slavery. Said Providence Mayor Jorge Enlaga. I, I I am at a loss how this is. It, it's, it, it's just a lottery. Uh, it's not going to close the local racial wealth gap. 
it, some people will get it and some people will not. What, what is the point of this? You know, I wish the Globe had reached out if they wanted someone that would point out the idiocy of this whole thing. They clearly didn't want that. They only wanted to have a positive aspect of the story. Cicilline drops out of running for number four House Democrat leadership post. Um, let me just check what else. The cannabis thing is the big story, without question. It just is. And I think it, um, there was a good story that I saw that they, they are starting to realize that it could be contributing to, if you notice, all of these vehicles going into buildings, homes and buildings. It, it is odd. Why, why are all these, uh, like, out of nowhere? I, I'm telling you, I think it's because people, it's, it could be an edible that suddenly, boom, kicks in. And then the people just go off the rails. I mean, I, I think it's that. Otherwise, just out of nowhere. And people, some people think, I, I don't think it's alcohol. I think it's because of the amount, and there's so much of it out there. There's so many people that are on something. And, and I know the whole argument. They were giving it to me today when I went to. Look at the operations in Providence and Pawtucket. It's natural. It's a plant. Comes from the ground. Blah, blah, blah. Hey, folks, I mentioned yesterday that University of Idaho, those students, four of them were stabbed to death. Boy, it really sounds that the police have completely botched the investigation. Just terrible. I don't know what they're going to do about it, but the, the police are not used to handling those types of crimes and so so therefore as much as people are saying they're trained just like anybody else I don't I don't know about that if you've never dealt with it and you're you know for a lot of them if it's their first crime scene of of that nature then you're not going to handle it the same way of someone that has investigated, you know, multiple. When we, when I was at the, when I was at the um, Providence Police promotion ceremony the other day, the new major has been involved in the investigation of 85 homicides. There's a difference. There's a difference between that. And then someone that, I've never really done one of these before. It sounds like it's a real, they've just made a lot of mistakes, which can happen. So, as I mentioned, the, um, so the Kanye West, Nick Fuentes tour is continuing. And today it has brought them to the Alex Jones program. So, oh, that's right. LeBron James went after Jerry Jones. I want to hear that. And I, I, I just, I don't understand where they, how they think. Um, why Kanye? I, and I know maybe some people right now are saying, "Why? Why are you talking about?" Kanye. Um, I'm just reading some comments about it. Hooded Kanye West praises Nazis during an Alex Jones interview. Why is he wearing a black hood? It's so odd. The sinful wars in it with the Conway is getting so thoroughly anti-Semitic. Even Alex Jones is pushing back. I mean, this is terrible. I think most Jews are great people, but I agree there's a Jewish mafia. You could say that about any group. Ben Collins, I, I cannot tell you how unbelievably anti-Semitic this InfoWars interview is. It is Nazism being mainstream by celebrities who were in the ear of the last U.S. president. It's getting a little horrifying, he wrote. Kanye having a pretend conversation with Netanyahu. 
whose name he said he earlier learned two weeks ago. He brought a prop and a stick to argue with Bibby like a puppet. Alex Jones seems uncomfortable here, trying to get Kanye to take off the mask and slow down on the hatred of Jews. Oh. I, listen, there's something wrong with the guy. I mean, I, again, I'm going to give it limited, but the, what, why are we talking about it? That's a fair question. Why, why are you talking? Well, again, it comes back to it goes back to the fact that they had dinner with Trump and should not have had dinner with President Trump. It's a major mistake. He's going to constantly be reminded of that mistake. Talk about self-inflicted wound. Incredible. Folks, right now on this Thursday, December 1st at 137, I want to remind you about our friend Marie at It's My Health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You know where it is, that historic white church diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. It's my health. Vitamins and herbal remedies from trusted companies who understand quality and integrity. Local products like Aisai, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum with Aisai or some people pronounce it Akai Berry. But if you just have just a little bit of that each day, it is incredible what it provides for your body. Also, at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Maybe right now, on this sunny Thursday, you're riding along on Menden Road. You can pop in to It's My Health. Over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices that can be purchased by the ounce, plus box herbs and teas, hemp and CBD products. It's My Health. And... Natural skin care products, hair care, hair care products, essential oils, body oils, soaps. It's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Now, right now, if you're on Menden Road, pop in. Say hello to Marie. She's got the flag right out in front, right across from diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. Those hemp and CBD products, both for pets and for yourself or at least listen you want to support a local business if you're like me you want to shop local support a local business she has some tremendous unique teas she has incredible herbs and spices she has vitamins for children she has great gifts for Christmas, natural skincare products, essential oils. Hey, body oils and soaps always make a great Christmas gift or holiday gift, excuse me. Folks, it's my health. Now, right now, it's 139, and I know there's someone riding along on Menden Road. Just pop down to that historic white church and see the Queen of Health, Marie. We talk to her every Friday. She is, the service is tremendous. And remember, if you don't see something, but she has it, she'll order it for you. But I think you're, number one, you're going to really like it. And number two, you certainly will find something that you like. And something that will also make a nice gift. Folks, it's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You could pop by right now and see Marie at It's My Health. Right now it's 140 on this Thursday. And those, the hemp and CBD products that she carries, they are really, really phenomenal. And with all different types of, all different types of use, as a matter of fact. So 
whatever it may be. But Marie is without question. She is the expert. And she will help you figure out what's the, you know, the best, the best bet for you. It's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Well, folks, good afternoon. (laughs) Ah, my goodness. Absolutely. The big blue bud. It is marijuana day. Coming up at 420 with Charles. Smoke them if you got them. Looks like ganja's legal now in Rhode Island. Charles with you. Looks like it's a double shot Tuesday with Charles now that weed is legal in Rhode Island. Charles with you. Got some ZZ Top coming up. Metallica tickets before 6. 420 Club coming up. It's Charles. Oh, my God. Folks, the state. Now, again, I get it. It is legal. It is legal. I get that. Rhode Islanders head to dispensaries. You know, let me hear a... um, I'll listen to... Who did that story? Channel 12? I'll give them a little plug. Play some of their audio. Do a nice job over there, especially Ted Nisi, who's there political director online editor he does an excellent job so and and if you saw today i mean that uh i have video up on the website to petro.com i mean it is just cooking hope has gone to dope all right let me hear this is the channel 12 piece on cannabis in rhode island here we go recreational marijuana to be sold at retail shops. 12 News was in Pawtucket for the first legal sale in the state. This is at the Mother Earth Dispensary opening up bright and early this morning at 5 a.m. And good afternoon, everyone. I'm Danielle North. Certainly a controversial journey to get to today, but today is the day after Rhode Island made it legal to sell marijuana for recreational use in the state. There were customers lined up early this morning. We do have team coverage for you today at noon. Dana Casulo has been talking to customers throughout the day, but first, Alexander Leslie checking in in Pawtucket with business owners and local leaders. Hi, Alex. Danielle, we are here at Mother Earth Wellness here in Pawtucket. It's one of the five medical marijuana dispensaries that has been granted a hybrid license, now able to sell recreational no, marijuana no, no, that's officially yeah. legal as of today. So may I see your ID first? Sure. It's 5 a.m. You are all set. Thank you so much for participating. Have a wonderful day. And Charles that's Karen Blue making the first purchase of recreational marijuana in the state of Rhode Island. Well, it's been a long time coming. The Rhode Island Cannabis Act signed into law in May Charles set the December 1st date for hybrid sales, which are only granted at five locations in the state. Pawtucket is one of them. But we're excited about having a new business, right? We're looking at a business. I know there's always it's some the mayor of the believe in it, don't. It's now, you know, the state is allowed it. It's an allowable use. This new business, Mother Earth Wellness, has been selling medical marijuana for a few months oh, now. Owners say that side of the business won't be forgotten. That's number one for us. Is that a- uh, and the recreational um, is more than welcome to come down, and we have yep. plenty of supply for them also. Nah, nah, recreational nah, marijuana will be done. taxed at a higher rate. That's the state's 7% sales tax, a 3% local tax, and a new 10% cannabis tax. We are going to get some revenue from that. Um, so it is a new business. So that's exciting. Anytime we can bring new revenue that we right. as well to the taxpayers for. Certainly busy nah, here nah, in Pawtucket nah, this noontime. Nah. Now, just because you can now buy recreational marijuana doesn't mean you can smoke it wherever you want. Yeah. Some cities have, and Good towns have set that. their own rules about that. For now, live in Pawtucket, oh, Alexander yeah. Leslie, 12 News. Oh, yeah, that's going to be in force. Charles Ridia, 420 coming up. Folks, now you can get your hash and bone up with Charles, 420 Club. Where's that traffic troll? Laurenti's coming up. Double shot Tuesday continues with Charles. Uh, Yeah, that's a step in the right direction. Let me guess. A year from now, there's going to be more homeless people. Because that's what Rhode Island needed. You know, we just, we need a lot more weed floating around. 
Homeless people are now demanding free weed. Oh, Channel 10's got a piece. Oh, excuse me, NBC 10. Let me play that. Meryl Lorza is concerned that illegals will not have access to cannabis like other people. So they're going to make special provisions. Isn't that delightful? Let me hear. This is the WJR piece. Selling recreational cannabis in Rhode Island. The hour has come. Uh, Several uh, dispensaries uh. are opening up their doors this morning. NBC 10's Allegra Zaymore is live outside one of them in Warwick. With how the state will now regulate this new industry. You're going to explain that, Allegra. And also just how the opening's going. Good morning. Listen to music. Yeah, good morning, Mario yeah, Nelson. It's a historic day here in Rhode Island. The doors are officially open here at the Rise Dispensary in Warwick. We've got the band here. We've already got some customers inside who are making some purchases already. Last month, the state gave the green light to five licensed marijuana compassion centers to sell recreational cannabis to adults 21 and older. In May, Governor McKee signed the legislation to legalize recreational marijuana sales. The head of Rhode Island's Office of Cannabis Regulation says the state is prepared for what's about to happen. He says they're hiring staff and plan to triple the state's cannabis inspection ability. And we just spoke to some people this morning who are excited to be here, including the man who was very first in line to make the first purchase of the day. I come from the West Coast, and it's been legal out there for quite some time. Uh, I've been smoking since 2012-ish. It's legal here. I get up normally pretty early anyway. I want to get first Again, today's day Give one. That I think bomb. very exciting. You know, uh, for this store alone, we've had to double the staff just in preparation of adult use. You know, there should be a lot of economic injection that should come out of this um, as sales really start to roll through a much more regulated market. So we'll see. But, you know, we think there should be tons of economic opportunity for everyone within oh, the yeah, state. tons. Here in Warwick will be open until 10 o'clock today. Oh, then they'll open yeah. again at 8 tomorrow morning and then today throughout the rest of the week. And there are also four other places open throughout the state today Double as well. Live in Warwick, Allegra Zaymore, NBC 10 News. 420 Club coming up with Charles. Welcome if you got him. <coughs> Metallica tickets before six. Uh, well, it's all positive, folks. It's all po- Hey, that was quite the storm last night. I saw some damage was done. Now, again, just um, let me hear this piece. The new director of the Governor's Overdose Task Force knows the struggles of addiction. Kathy Schultz. Oh, great. What, are we going to perform a junkie in the job? Mm. Where are they going with all of this? That way we're going to have safe injection sites. Here we go. You're going to meet a member of Rhode Island's Overdose Task Force who knows the struggle of addiction all too well. And now she is hoping to change the lives of Rhode Islanders fighting addiction. She shared her story with NBC 10's Allison Bologna. Let's meet Kathy Schultz, the new director of the Governor's Overdose Task Force. This is a brand new position. Yes. And in some ways, you seem like the perfect fit for it. Does it feel that way? It does. It does. I feel honored um, that I am able to be in this position. I am able to use my lived experience as Uh well as my very strong community partnerships and and relationships out in the community with the people that are really, um, you know, out there across all of the continuum of care doing this amazing work. In her first sit-down television interview, Kathy talked about being in recovery herself since October 11th, 2003. We actually met years ago through outreach work at the Anchor Recovery. Community Center, the first of its kind in the country, with peers instead of clinicians, helping out others build what's called recovery capital. Do you struggle with opioids? I did. So you can relate to the epidemic right now? I can, absolutely. When you look around Rhode Island and you see the numbers going up, how do you hope to change that in your new role? The main thing that I hope to do is to really continue and to expand even more on the collaboration, the conversations, um, also collective impact. Looking at all of the pillars, looking at the continuum of care. Kathy's position is 
funded through the governor's 2023 budget. Tommy Joyce, who we introduced you to earlier this month, is the first community co-chair. His position is volunteer. Both have known each other for years. Kathy's in charge of staffing the task force and making sure all nine working groups are working together. And Kathy tells me she supports safe injection sites, yeah. now known as overdose prevention centers. And she wants, she says, to see a community approve the opening of one. But that hasn't happened yet. And why do you support it? Some people find it kind of controversial. Yes. I've been told it buys us time to get people into recovery. Is that where you stand on that too? I believe that it keeps people safe. Harm reduction as a philosophy, um, it keeps people safe. Um, it keeps people alive. Um, it, and that's what the purpose of it is. So you'd like to see one open? Yeah. Kathy will also ensure the funding from opioid settlements is spent appropriately. As a statewide Narcan trainer herself and distributor, that also means making sure more Narcan hits the streets uh. and that harm reduction centers remain funded. So before your role here... Did it feel like perhaps to the governor there were a lot of people doing a lot of good work, but nothing was really centralized? Is your role now to centralize and pull everybody together in a systematic way to prevent deaths? I think so. I think that that is one of the pieces of my role, but I also think it's about bringing the data together and doing, um, you know, really focusing on aligning our efforts. For better outcomes, in Cranston, Alison Bologna, NBC Ted News. Again, now listen, folks, I'm not trying to minimize in any way. I'm not trying to minimize. I hope that woman is very successful. I get it is a very, very serious problem. I understand all of that. But do you see a pattern here? Can I point out, do you see a pattern here? What's, what's in the news? That's in the news. Cannabis is legal now. And then they're surprisingly saying there's a homeless problem. I don't, I don't think you have to be Einstein to see that there's a correlation here. That this... What, where, are the, where are the positive? There's, there's nothing... Things are not moving forward. Everything is becoming safety nets. Everything is becoming a big focus to assist and aid those people. I'm looking at the Boston Globe, the 2022 top places to work in Massachusetts. This is in today's Boston Globe. They have explored the winners list, largest, large, medium, small, full issue, blah, blah, blah. So explore the winners, largest companies, large companies, largest 1,000 plus plus, large companies, 250 to 999, medium, 100, 249, small companies, minimum 50 employees. So I want you to think of what, what I just mentioned regarding the headlines that I'm bringing to you in Rhode Island. And then you have the story in the Globe. This pharmaceutical company, Biotech in Cambridge, that has one, over 1,000 employees. You have Dell Technologies. That has 5,400 employees in mass. You have Vertex Pharmacies. 2,500 employees. Senior Living Residences. Over 1,000 employees. HubSpot. Marketing Software. 1,700 employees. Hologic. Biotech. Over 1,000 employees. Liberty Mutual. 6,000 employees in Massachusetts. Mass Mutual. 4,000 Bright Horizons Family Solutions, Rockland Trust, Banking, 1,500. Lexa Learning, 1,000 employees in Concord. Charles River Laboratories, 1,800 life sciences. Advocates, 1,600. DraftKings, 1,400 employees. And then your East Boys Neighborhood, Behavioral, Commonwealth Care Alliance, 1,600. Do, do, these are, these are, do you, do you hear any of these, any of them in Rhode Island? Would any of them be interested in expanding their base in Rhode Island? Then you have some of the medium companies, by the way, with uh, 
the level of jobs that they have as well. But do you see that it, it is the two states side by side? One state is completely it's 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 like where is where is all of this leading? I mean, it is comical, but to a degree. But where does all this lead to? I don't know the answer. What's this other story? Trump's third presidential run goes all in on extremism as his MAGA allies' power grows in the House. This is in yesterday's Boston. Well, last night it came out. Um, who I just want to see who they're referencing. Republicans Romney forced to toil a Trump shadow. MAGA enthusiasts like Marjorie Taylor Greene, Paul Gossard are going to have more power. Um, da, da, da. It just seems like more. Okay. They don't have that much power. I, I think that story's a little overblown. I don't think the narrative is matching reality with that. I don't think it is. So. The Romney, Romney evolution on same-sex marriage. Does that really have to be voted on? Folks, good afternoon at 156. This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery. 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Whether it's lunch, dinner, or drinks in the lounge tonight... Patriots Bills. You can catch all the action at the Lodge Pub and Eatery. 40 Brecknick Hill Road in Lincoln. They're open right now if you want to go by for lunch. So the big news of the day, without question, is in fact, as they call it, recreational marijuana is now available in Rhode Island. And it um, it's not the same reaction that we saw in Massachusetts when there were literally traffic jams and lines around the block and out the door. If you'd like to see, I'll have them posted on the website to Petro.com a little later. But um, it seemed brisk business. I stopped by and did a Facebook Live at two of the locations, Mother Earth in Pawtucket and also the Slater Center, which is on Corliss Street, right across from the main post office in Providence, where the 99.9 FM comes in crystal clear. Good afternoon to anyone that's maybe in the parking lot. Um, I I didn't see a line. Could have been a line this morning. I didn't see a line. They were doing good business, no question about it. But as I mentioned... You know, I'm just a little, I think it's concerning where the headlines are going. As far as Rhode Islanders head to dispensaries, five things to know. Christmas tree lighting interrupted by homeless protesters. (laughs) Man stole car with a three-year-old inside. You know, not enough is pointed out that that mother left that car running when she ran into the liquor store. There's always going to be bums and thieves out there. Somebody is hanging around on Broad Street and they see someone uh, leave their car running and run into a store. That's opportunistic theft that that person took advantage of. All right, at 159. Now, tonight, we're going to do Facebook Live. It's Cranston. PD Live. I will be riding along with the Cranston police. We'll see that what that brings us at least from 6 to 8. If something bigger happens, then we'll be there as well. We're back on the radio tomorrow at 11. Folks, visit the website, dpetro.com. I want you to stay tuned for the 2 o'clock news, uh, but it is a nice sunny Thursday. It is December 1st. Shop local. And be careful on the roads, because now recreational marijuana is legal in Rhode Island. WNRI Winsocket.